to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and you may not know this about me, but I am co-founder and president of the Grit and Grace Project, but also... I have been working basically my entire adult life while uh, raising two daughters was part of it. You did. Crazy times. You were the working woman, that's for sure. And I'm Julie Graham, and I now have the privilege of working for you. I am the social media and brand manager here. But I was trying to think back to when I started working. And if you don't count babysitting at 11, which I totally did, which feels insane to hire an 11-year-old right now to babysit my kid. Um, (laughs) But I'm not opposed. If you have an 11-year-old who wants to help me, reach out. Um, But my first official job, I mean, under the table, albeit, I was 13 years old working Childcare in a gym. Oh my word! So what? They paid you cash, and you didn't. Uh, like I don't withhold. remember how I was paid, but I remember it was like on the DL. But anyway, right. so yeah. I kind of followed in your footsteps and have been working my entire adult life, starting as a preteen. <laughs> <laughs> and so today on this Grit and Grace Life, we're going to speak to the working woman, which you might think, well, I mean, are a lot of women even working? Oh, absolutely. We did a little bit of research on that and surprised ourselves. I love that you ended up on the Department of Labor's website on the Women's Bureau, which I didn't know it existed, which is not I think there should be anyone. women's bureaus everywhere, don't you? <laughs> yes. And according to the Department of Labor, um, there has been a 50% increase in the number of women in the workforce over the last 10 years. Wow. I mean, that's a big increase. That's a big increase. And um, you might think, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, most women I know are doing some form of work. They work part-time or they sell something on the side, but that's not what we're saying. No, we're not. Because the percentage of how many of those women that worked full-time was pretty staggering. Yes. Almost three out of four. 73% of working women report that they're working full-time. Wow. So we are busy, ladies. We We are are busy. busy. And so real quick, if you're hearing this and you maybe were living in this idea that I'm the only one who is working, take heart. You are not alone. You are not. It is actually very common to be a working woman in today's day and age. That doesn't make it easy. Absolutely not. In fact, the struggle is real. Um, But we are going to speak to that working woman today. Um, Our hope, our goal in this episode is to provide you with some helpful information on getting a job, if that's step one for you, um, standing out at your job, and also just being a little more productive at your job. So So if you're going to be one of the uh, working women in the workforce, you want something that you like. So you may be stuck in a job that you don't like or just starting out or changing careers. So we want to give you a good starting place. And that is how to find a great job. Yes. Now you have hired and fired. I, I don't know why I always feel the need to say hired well, and fired. Well, it's true. It's I have true. done both. Because yes. you have been boss lady. Yeah. Um, so you really do know the ins and outs. And so I'm going to lean heavily on you um, to kind of direct this whole conversation, um, especially since I now work for you. Um, you <laughs> are certainly in charge of this conversation. But yeah, finding a job, it, it feels like it should be easy, but it's incredibly hard. And yeah. so what are some must know tips for finding that job? Job. Okay. You need to know what you want. What are you looking for? So in your cover letter, in your resume, in your entire presentation. So that's still a thing. Yeah. You need a resume? Oh, absolutely okay. need right. a resume. And it needs to be specific. You okay. need to say, this is my experience. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. You know, you don't want to say, okay, dog catcher and 
administrative assistant and CEO, because you won't find a job if you list all of that. (laughs) So be specific. Awesome. So you want to be specific in listing the experience you have and the type of work you're looking for. Okay, so now I have this resume. I print out two copies and I walk in somewhere. Is that what I do? No, I mean, the electronic world is really where we are now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you need to go to some of the job search sites. Mm. I think I'm only familiar with one that you have listed here. So I'm assuming that somebody else might be surprised at how many job site um, uh, websites there are now. So are you saying that you need to be on more than one? Like you can't just be on Monster, which PS is the only one I knew about? Yeah, no, you need to be on everyone that's available and appropriate to the position that you're looking for. You need to go shoot every single bullet you can to try to get that job. So you have a few listed here and I'll make sure to link them into the show notes. So you busy woman looking for a job, you can just click right on the description of this episode and click then over to either indeed.com, simplyhired.com, which that sounds really to the point. I think maybe I'd start there. Um, Career Builder, Monster and Dice. Those are all great starting places to list your resume. But do you just throw it up? on those sites and then walk away and wait for all the phone calls to no it doesn't work that way (laughs) go and go to the advanced search in any one of the job search websites because you want you know you don't if you're living in florida you may not want to live in you know washington oh it may be be a little cold there for you if you're a florida girl um or vice versa so you need to uh, narrow it down are there locations that you would be Mm. interested in are there uh companies that you would be interested in uh Narrow your job search. Mm. Be specific. Absolutely. Okay, so once you've got all your um, resumes listed, do you, again, just wait for somebody to call you? No, you Is just... Is there any waiting involved here? There's no waiting. <laughs> to, to find a place to work, you have to work at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that might be uh, a little bit surprising. Yeah. So if I want to work, I've got to work. Got it. <laughs> so I list my resume, and then I follow up. You follow a up a couple times. You follow times? up a couple of times. And don't be abusive. You know, there's <laughs> a point where period that okay. can work for any episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Um, just yes, absolutely follow up. Just know if you haven't heard back several times, there's probably a reason for that. And it may be they found someone else. It may not be a personal affront. Okay. So, but that's helpful to hear because I would assume that I don't want to come off as annoying. I've sent my resume through the, you know, normal channels and I haven't heard anything, but you're saying no, it actually is would behoove you to follow up a couple times with appropriate time distance between your follow-ups um, to show that potential employer that you really are interested and motivated to get this job. Yeah, I want perseverance in employees. Absolutely. All right. All right. So what about LinkedIn? Now uh, I'm, I'm, I've heard more lately since I am the social media, um, guru for lack guru. of a better word. And she is that um, lady. I mean, she I, is a guru. that actually feels ridiculous to say, but whatever, That's it's a true. phrase. Um, so I handle the social media here. So I am hearing a lot of buzz these days about LinkedIn really gaining more prominence, um, in the professional world. It's not just another social media, which is kind of how I've always looked at it, but it is really where employers are now going to make their next hire even in big companies. Yeah, they are. I have a friend who that's his source for his three companies that he oversees mm. HR for is LinkedIn. Um, but it's a wonderful place to network. Mm. It's a wonderful place to present yourself because not just a resume, you can also link to things that you have accomplished mm-hmm. or, you know, ep- if you're a writer or if you're whatever your, your talent is, you can actually put some things there that represent your work. 
Yeah, it's a little bit, maybe more of a fuller profile it is. Um, for those potential hires. So definitely, if you're not already on LinkedIn, go get an account. Um, but then I would also say to people like me who I heard about it a few years ago and I set up an account and I, it's not a crockpot. You cannot set it and forget it. Like you have to yes. actually go check it and stir it and update your um, connections and your, um, your progress. So go back and give your LinkedIn a refresh. Make sure you got a good photo there. See if there's anyone new that you can now network with, um, and be active there as well. You can't just assume I have a profile with, you know, uh, the starter information and then people are going to be calling me. That's yeah. again, not how it's going to work. No. And speaking of networking, it's not just electronic networking mm-hmm. through a place like LinkedIn network people, you know, or if you're in organizations, uh, feel free to work the room, mm. find people who know people that are in jobs or industries that you would be interested in and start talking, start a conversation. So that being said, um, you know, it, it's a good idea to have your resume listed on these professional and, um, you know, job hire type of sites. But like you're saying, people need to know that you're looking for a job. Um, what about posting maybe on your social accounts that you're looking for work? Would you recommend that? Oh, sure. Put it there. But, but okay. Speaking of social accounts, be careful what you post because employers, potential employers are going to look at those. Absolutely. I've been hearing that a lot lately too. In the conversations of LinkedIn, there's also kind of that caveat to the conversation that OPS, if you're looking to get a job, employers almost across the board admit to looking at your social media before even considering to bring you in for an interview. So if you're looking crazy, acting a fool, you're not (laughs) going to get the job. Well, and one of the last things an employer wants to see on a potential employee's uh, social media sites is they're complaining about their existing employer. Absolutely. You yeah, don't you can want you can complain, but like save it for your text messages with your friends, <laughs> <laughs> your group text or something. Um, okay, so that's that's the uh, finding a job. Um, you know, first you got to get hired in order to then be able to excel and um, succeed at work. So I've put my resume out there, and yay, I have an interview. What are my next steps? A wise one who has interviewed many people. What are things that I need to know when heading into that interview. Okay. You want to walk in that interview looking good. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, all you right. Do. You want to walk mean? in looking like, good. Like literally what I'm wearing? Yeah. Which absolutely what okay. you're wearing. You want to look like um, a professional, like you're ready for the job. Now in the music business where the majority of my work, working life was, we obviously wore blue jeans and very comfortable clothes to work. But when I had a potential employee show up at my door with you know, even their suit and tie on some of the guys mm. and the girls in their cute dresses and their heels. You know, I was impressed. Mm. I knew they were working at trying to get this job. So it sounds silly, but it's actually really important. It's part of that first impression is to look professional. We'll actually link to um, a couple articles that are specific to, um, you know, work wardrobe type things that you would want to consider um, with looking the part before you even speak. But I would say that the speaking that you do in the interview is pretty important. Anything that comes to mind about things that you should say or not say in an interview? Well, I think first you need to be prepared. You need to know what the company does, what its product is, what its goals are, uh, what they are achieving, because it's impressive when you come in knowing what they do, and then you can say, and this is what I bring Mm. to what you want to accomplish. So you can't just decide that you want to work for, you know, XYZ company and show up and assume they're interested in having you. You need to be able to kind of talk about what they're doing and how you can add to that. 
Yeah, and you may be the best addition to their company, but they're not going to know that until you know what they're doing and present that. Now, I um, I actually saw, and I thought this was a really good point that I had not thought of. We've talked a little bit about your resume. So I come in, I'm pre- being prepared to um, to be interviewed by you, and uh, you asked me a question that I've already covered in my resume. I was surprised to read this tip that be careful not to um, insult your interviewer by um, hinting that something they've asked you has been clearly communicated on your resume. Don't assume they've read your resume. I thought that was really like new information. Well, did you find yourself not reading resumes of those you were interviewing? Bo- just because I did of time? both. I did both because of time. If I hit the high spots and thought, well, this looks like they may be qualified. I'm going to bring them in and see. Sometimes I read and sometimes I would ask the question I had read the answer to because I needed more backstory. Mm. I needed more information on it. So don't assume I'm, you know, not knowing what I'm talking about. It's more, I really want to see what you sell to me in person. Yeah. So, but even just avoiding that line of, well, it was on my resume. Like, yeah, that look, at it, well. yeah, look at it as an opportunity too. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you about that. Oh, I um, like that. I'm so glad you asked. That yes. was a good one, Julie. <laughs> so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, anything else that comes to mind as far as must do's or don't do's in an interview? Yeah. Look at me. Don't look at the ground. Don't look at a oh, piece okay. of paper. Don't look out the window. Look at me. Old I'm fashioned to you. eye contact is eye important. Contact. Yes. Yeah, it's important. I will say I came from the Social Security office today. That was fun. Um, and the guy who was helping make my application, um, in case you don't know, my husband recently passed away, and so I was applying for benefits. Anyways, he was making such intense eye contact with me. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable, but I was also a little impressed at his ability to well, look me in the eyes and hear all of the answers. Okay, but and he there was is like a point strong in, eye contact. Yeah, game. it it can get a little awkward. It really can. You might look down occasionally, but when you're responding to something, Something, look at me. Eye. eye contact, just you know, good conversational skills, and yeah. What about maybe talking too much? Is that oh, a thing? Yes. Um, I want answers. I don't want to hear your entire life story. <laughs> Keep okay. it simple, people. Keep it simple, because the reality is. There's only so much time that an interview affords. If you're an employer, you probably have set up five interviews, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're bringing them in and you've allotted time. Well, if you say too much, you're not, you may not be saying the most valuable things. Mm. So you need to make sure that you are only saying what you need to, selling it well and not chattering. Mm. That's good. Okay. And last thing, I'd be curious your thoughts on this. I'm ready to answer questions. Is it important that I come to the interview with my own questions? How does that look as a potential um, employer? I always like that. Okay. I always like that because that made me think that you're a thinker. Okay. That you um, have spent your own time assessing what you like, don't like, want to know. And I like that because I want employees that will bring me answers. So is my question, how much will I get paid? Or does it need to be like questions about the company? It needs to be more about the company, the specific job, what your duties would entail, what's appropriate to what you want to do. I mean, real specific questions, but they, they indicate that you have thought it out. Would you actually say not to ask about the pay in the interview? I would. All right. See, that's important. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I think we've, we've got the interview. We've landed the job. We did so good. (laughs) We looked so good. We kept it simple. We asked good questions. We answered good questions. We did not do inappropriate eye contact. And now we have the job. How can we um, stand out as a new employee? What are some things we want to make sure we're doing in those first few weeks, first couple months at a new job? Anything come to mind? Oh, yeah. You'll be surprised that little things are noticed by Mm -hmm. your employer. 
Um, I can think of one guy who went to work for me and it was late. I was working late and I looked out. We were on this. I was on the second story and I looked out and he was carrying a trash can out to the dumpster and emptying it and going back to his office. Simple. Mm. But it impressed me mm. that nobody told him it was full. He just took a minute and a half before he left for the day to empty the trash. It wasn't his job. We had cleaning people. Mm. But I went, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Sometimes the little things that really kind of speak about your character are going to make you stand out as an employee. Totally. That's really good. What else comes to mind? Things that I can do kind of, I'm new, I'm new on the team. How am I making my mark? Don't force relationships with your peers, build them. Mm. Okay. You don't want to go in and be either annoying or you don't want to hide out. Okay. Okay. You don't want to do either one of those um, because these are your coworkers, you're going to spend a lot of time with them. So mm-hmm. you need to gradually get to know them and know how they work and how you work and then find a way to coexist. But you need to build those relationships. They need to be strong in the workplace. Mm, that's good. I like that you don't want to stand out, but you don't want to hide out. That's good. Um, what about if I'm, if I'm new and I have questions, but I, I feel like maybe I'm already supposed to know the job. How do I handle that? Like, I know there's that, okay, I got the job because I sold myself really well. And then I showed up on day one and I'm scared out of my mind. Should I be asking questions? Should I act like I know what I'm doing? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's (laughs) some of you need to figure it out on your own. And then you need to ask as well. Um, When my eldest daughter got her full first full-time job, she was hired as an assistant. And the truth is she had never done that. She didn't even know how to work a multi-line phone and that's what they had then. (laughs) So she called me. So she called me and said, Mom, awesome. how does this phone work? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She but, called you on her cell phone. Yeah, she did, actually. She called <laughs> on her cell phone and said, I need some help. I don't want anybody to know I don't know what I'm doing. So she figured it out rather rapidly. And I thought that was rather smart of her to go ahead and figure out the simple things. But at the same time, do ask questions. Mm-hmm. Don't ask questions in the middle of a meeting when you're, <laughs> you know, when everybody's present, but find the one person who can help you, who can mm-hmm. show you and educate you on something you don't know. Yeah, you actually put in the notes, know when to when to speak and when to listen. Yes. Man, that's life advice we all need for every area, but yeah. pretty important at work, huh? It is pretty important at work, mm-hmm. yeah. As promised, we're going to give you a few hacks. So you've got the job or you've had it for a while. So there's a few things that um, I think will help you. Yeah, we did say we were going to deliver hacks. Real quick, what's a hack? It is not hawking a loogie. <laughs> it is not hacking like... The computer. Yeah, we don't want to hack your computer at work. Uh-uh. That would be bad. It's a good thing. It's, it's a, a way thing. to do thing be- things better. Have I have I mastered yes, it yet? It's a simple solution. All right. So okay, you've got you. any job. I mean, whether it's you work five hours outside of you know caring for your family for your home, or you have a full time job, we all feel like we don't have enough time. So that doesn't feel. Um, it, it feels even worse when it comes to work. It seems like sometimes. So a yeah, couple things that we can do to get more done at work. All right, your first item was to prepare for Monday on Friday. Talk yes. to me about that. You really do want the weekend off. Yes. If, if at all possible, you want some free time for family and friends and actually rest. maybe to get your nail done or nails Ooh. done or rest or, yeah, whatever. So if you're spending the entire weekend thinking about what you have to do Monday, it just kind of destroys it, even mm. if it's just mental and it's mm-hmm. not work. So end your Friday getting the things ready to start your Monday. So like, are you even suggesting kind of 
starting a to-do list for the next week, Friday. Yeah. Do so it that Friday you come afternoon. in. Yeah, that's a good idea. Give yourself the end of the day time. If it takes an hour, if it takes an hour and a half, whatever. Go through the last paperwork, make the final phone calls, make the list for Monday. That way, walk out the door with a clean head. And ready to start strong on Monday. Yep. I like it. All right. So I know a big time stealer is chilling out in your inbox, your email. Um, maybe because you haven't listened to last week's episode and you are subscribed to way too many promotional emails, which go back on subscribe as step number one to simplifying your life. Um, but email can be a time suck. So what are some things we can do to have a better handle on the email situation? Hmm. Uh, control when you check emails. Oh, Don't okay. do it every time it dings or you get a notification. Oh my Don't goodness. look at it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, because if you're every time you check an email, you get an email, you check it. That's how you end up in your inbox all day long. Yeah, you really have to approach it like we used to with like real mail, where you go, I'm going to open my mail. I'm going to open the envelopes and look at them, and then I'm going to put them in the appropriate piles. <laughs> I'm laughing because you're saying I should approach it, and I think that's my problem with email, is I <laughs> approach my email the way I approach my real mail, and it just stacks up. And then I'm like, <laughs> I literally recently, since I moved, I opened mail from 2016. OMG. Oh, well. That was bad. Okay, right. that was bad. I am th- maybe. Because I'm not the best person to talk about that. All right. But I am the best person to talk about this. Social media at work. You are. Let's be honest. We're all going to be on social media when we're supposed to be working. We're not supposed to do that. It happens. But there are some things we can do to make sure that we are proactively protecting our work time so that we can get our work done so that we can then get home and be on social media instead of having to do more work when we get home because we wasted our time while we were at work. Can anyone relate? Yep, totally. So there are actually tools and apps that you can use that will legitimately keep you from visiting um, sites that you designate take your time. So I'll link to some of those in the show notes. Um, but like literally there are tools where you can say from 10 AM to 4 PM, do not allow me on Facebook or Twitter or, um, you know, wayfair.com, whatever it is that's going to keep you from working. Um, but you might not need to go so far as to get an app or a tool that keeps you from wasting time at work. No shame in that. No shame at all. Yeah. It's like not buying ice cream when you're on a diet. Ice cream. Now all I want to do is think about ice cream. Okay. All right. Moving on. Yeah. So protect your work time from social. All right. What's another thing that you have found a wise one who has worked um, a thousand and one years, three years longer than me? Mm -hmm. Um, What's something that has helped you? Okay. And this needs to be tailored to who you are. Mm. You either start your day tough or you start your day small. Okay. Okay. What I mean by that is if you start your day tough, you do the hard things first. Mm. You want to get them off your desk. If you're a person who goes, nah, I need like two more cups of coffee. Or I need some small wins before I can tackle the big thing. Then you choose to start it small. Mm. Make, Make it specific to who you are, but approach the beginning of each day the same way. I like it. So there's there's a routine, there's a flow. This is how I always do it and I'm doing what I know works for me. Yep. Good idea. All right, so here's a real practical one. We have 15,412 passwords. Yeah, and how many times do I look up, what was that password yes. for that site? It's so annoying. So maybe 2018 is the year where you actually employ one of those password manager apps or tools, the, um, you know, Simply Safe, whatever, of passwords, and you just use that 
and it's going to make you safer and it's going to keep you from having to remember all of those things. Yeah. It's on my to-do list. I swear I'm going to get that done. I know it's on mine too, yeah. but I, I, I look at this and I realize it really would save me time. It would me too. It would be time to do that. Okay. So, so we're all going to get, get on that safe one. with your passwords. Yep. All right. What about the alerts? My, you know, my phone buzzes all the time. Yeah. Your from wrist something. budges, your phone buzzes. Well, so your, yours. My wrist? My wrist doesn't buzz. You don't have a wrist. You're right. You have the big old iPad. I have a wrist. I don't, <laughs> I don't have an Apple, Apple watch. Yes, you don't have the watch. <laughs> but notifications, they can really, I mean, they, they have a purpose. They can be helpful. But what if we just pulled that back a little bit and we chose the four apps or th- services on our phone or computer that actually need to tell us when something new has happened? It's not all of them. It's no, some of it's them. not. And I, being the person who has the attention of a gnat... <laughs> That every time I get a notification, I think I have to look. I think I have to, yeah, what is it? What is Mm -hmm. it? What is it? Drives me crazy. So we probably would gain some time if we were just a little more selective in what needs to actually notify us and what can handle, um, I'll get to it when I have scheduled time in my day where I check my email. Yep. All right. Speaking of setting your schedule, what about meeting times? I mean, random meetings that hit you in the middle of the day Mm. totally destroy your day. Totally Put everything that you meant to do sideways and it doesn't get done. That's true. I actually read recently that another um, issue with meetings is people set a meeting for an hour when most meetings really only take 30 minutes. Um, Yes. Meetings need to be productive. When they start wandering around and reiterating the same thing over and over and over again, well, it's time to stop them. All that meeting to a close. Yep. Yeah. So I think that there's one element is maybe trying scheduling shorter meetings to save some time, but also setting meetings for yourself. So if you're the kind of person, kind of like I said before, I never get around to my mail or my email. Maybe I need to actually put that onto my schedule as an actual time that on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., I open mail and it's part of my schedule instead of just assuming I'm going to get to it. Yes. That's one of those hacks I've seen is that if if there's one thing that, you know, having a to-do list, there's another thing of actually scheduling pockets of time to do specific tasks. Well, and I did that on virtually everything that I did when my girls were young. I actually set meeting blocks that were just blocks. Nobody really knew on my schedule what they were, but that meant I went to their school for that hour Mm. and helped with the party or taught computer class. And Mm -hmm. then I went back to my office. Mm -hmm. So it's blocking everything you do. Yeah. Literally scheduling things out. Don't just have the, like we talked about last week on having this seven mile long to-do list, which never happens because the list is far too long. When it comes to actually scheduling your time for work, sometimes the list doesn't work, but a schedule actually does work. So just a couple hacks you might want to consider using in the workplace to be a little more productive. All right. So we're going to real quick change gears because somebody is listening to this podcast and they're working and they're happy with their work, but they have this little, this like fire. They want to start their own thing, but they're a little scared. What would you say to her? Do it. Oh, all right. Just Go for do it. it. Go for it. Because I have built multiple businesses in my career and I would today regret not having taken the plunge. Mm. Um, you, you are afforded opportunities that are hard to have when you don't, uh, when you work for someone else. Mm. You know, you may have an employer that has very strict rules on your schedule, or the job may require that. If you have the opportunity to start your own thing, you can also control how it affects your life. Mm. 
It's a good idea. Any just quick tips for somebody who's thinking, all right, she's told me to just do it. I'm going to do it. What is step one? Is there, um, you know, is there a timeline you need to consider? Is there someone you recommend kind of following, looking into, you know, reading um, something from as far as how to go about actually leaving what you're doing and going and doing your own thing? Yes, it needs to be very planned. You Mm -hmm. don't need to just go, I have a great idea. I'm going to quit my job and hopefully pay the rent. (laughs) You know, yeah, not a good plan. You need to... um, Figure out, is this going to financially work? Mm. Is this going to work for my schedule? Do I understand everything about this position or this uh, venture I want to try? Find mentors who have Mm. already done it, mentors who have started their own business. Uh, Get advice and counsel and venture slowly. Mm. You may have to work basically four jobs at once to be able to do it because you may need to keep your day job while you're creating this new opportunity and starting to build it. No, it's going to take a lot to do, but if you can pull it off, it's well worth it. I think it's important though, that you did acknowledge that for some people, they think, okay, she's told me to just do it. So I am going to quit my job and go do that thing. But you're saying, no, 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 you need to like make a plan and make sure that you don't need to kind of keep both things or three things for a season while you do the research and start the work, um, to where it actually makes sense to leave your current job. Yes. I actually think we should link to, um, a couple of our guest contributors, um, and, and contributing writers at the grit and grace project. I'm thinking of Jenny Catrone, who is a big leadership expert. Oh, she's um, great. She's written some really awesome pieces for us. Um, and then there's Christy Wright, who, um, has really kind of focused on that um, doing your own business, how to get started, how to make that shift. So she's also written a couple of pieces for us as well. So we'll link to both of those really wise, savvy business women, um, because we think a lot of what they will have to say would be super encouraging to someone who's looking to do their own thing. Well, and let me add one thing. You may think having my own business or starting my own company is going to free me up in life. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah, it's <laughs> not true. What it does is it is a wonderful opportunity and you can do things like set time blocks where you go to your child's school and come back. But the reality is, if it's your business, then you're responsible 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And you really never completely walk away from it. Yeah. So you've got to be willing to um, jump in with both feet and know it's going to require a lot from you. I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and the two women were talking about doing your own business and, you know, encouraging women to do it. Um, but the one actually said, well, I met with a group of millennial women who all wanted to set their own schedule and have this easy life where they worked for themselves. And she said, you know what I told them? I told them that they all probably should go get traditional jobs because their expectations were unrealistic. And I was like, I'm, you go girl for saying it It is going to be hard, but somebody's listening who really does need to be doing it. And she needs to take those steps. You bet. All right. Last quick caveat. We don't have time to fully unpack this, but if, if we would give a word of encouragement to someone who is in the workforce, we would want to make sure that you, um, you recognize that in order to be successful in your work, you have to be confident in who you are and you really need to know what your best strengths are in order to bring them to the right workplace. Yes. What are some things they need to do to figure out what are, what are my best things? What am I good at? What kind of job should I be applying for with this resume? I'm now going to put on all of the places. Yeah, I think personality assessments are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and think, popular. Yeah, yeah, and popular. <laughs> they're really and, important and right now, but they, they are really, you're, they're useful tools. They're valuable. They're not the end all mm-hmm. to everything, but they are a good, exactly what you said, a good useful tool. 
Um, in addition to that, I think if you take a little time, you know your own strengths. Mm. And they need to be your strengths. You don't need to look at somebody else and what they do and think that they're better or more talented mm. or whatever, because every single strength that every woman holds is valuable and fits in some position. Absolutely. So yeah, we would say go and figure out what your Myers-Briggs type is. Uh, type is. That was really popular. The new one is the Enneagram. Figure out what your number is. Um, do the old fashioned strengths finder assessment. Figure out what you know those assessments say that you're good at and then look for something um, in a corresponding field. But then also draw on your past experience. If you tried a job in the past in a certain field and you were really good at it, but you hated it, it's time to go in a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you know for a fact that, you know, you have this this one strength and you want to improve it, then work on that and then bring that into your next um, your next job world. Yeah, sure. and one thing I can add as a working woman of a billion years, I keep adding years to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just keep yeah. getting older by the second here. I do. I mean, it's I'm aging rapidly, um, is that... Don't think this season of what you do is the only season. Mm. You have lots of different opportunities in life. So um, true. And so you need to take advantage of them. You need to look at the next one. You need to think that I may be doing this today and I may love it, but there's something else within me that needs to be mined as well. That's really good. That's actually one of those things that you... Um, I feel like I've heard you say in different areas, and it's such a good reminder that you always are encouraging women to remember that one of the things that makes us grit and grace women um, is that we have so many transitions in life. And to assume that you're not going to get to do something you want to do because it's not happening today is just, it's, it's not true. Not it doesn't have to be true. And yep. so you can be growing in this season and then waiting to see um, what might be next for you. Absolutely. All right. So we hope that these have been some encouraging hacks, some um, helpful tips about getting that next job and excelling in the job that you have now. And even just a word um, to the woman who is working that, hey, we know it's a lot. It is a lot to juggle, but you're doing a great job. You you're making a difference um, and your talents are really important. All right, Julie, now that we've talked about what we do outside of the home, the workplace that we find ourselves, whether we're looking for a job or whether we're in a job, there's something I read that Thomas Edison said. Ooh. He said, what you are will show up in what you do. Mm, I like it. I do too. That is some motivation to work well today. And we hope that you will join us again next week on This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.